giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Thank you to our viewers and listeners. We are catching up once again with one of the startups going through the ThoughtBot Incubator. My name is Lindsay Christensen. I'm joined today by Jordan Bonds, who heads up the ThoughtBot Incubator, as well as our co-founders of Goods, Chris Cerrito and Mike Rosenthal. Welcome, everybody. Thanks, Lindsay. Before we get started, before we put Chris and Mike back in the hot seat, at the top here, Jordan, we have a special announcement for our viewers and listeners. Application window is open for session one of 2024, folks. You can go to thoughtbot.com slash incubator and apply. And Chris and Mike can tell you how easy or hard applying was. It was easy. It's totally easy. It's a very straightforward process. Yeah, it was way more straightforward than a lot of applications that we've dealt with in the past, for sure. Uh If you've got a, a business idea that involves software, but you haven't gotten anything out there yet, come talk to us. We will help you make sure that it's a good idea and that there are people who might buy it. And maybe get you a little further than that. We actually have a friend who's considering applying. I'll tell him the applications are open. He's worried his idea is not big enough to actually be a business idea. So we'll see. Even the process of doing the application was really helpful for us because it helped us get aligned on exactly what we were doing. Yeah. I love that. And I found that to be true when I was a founder applying to some of these things. In particular, applying for an SBIR grant was one of the most challenging things that we did, but it was so productive. I was so annoyed by it at the time. And then I cribbed from that thing. It actually mm-hmm. sort of forced yeah. us to make a business plan. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. basically we ran it and it was great. <laughs> yeah. I think that was for us. That was our point where we were like, is this idea fleshed out enough to move forward? And we're like, yes, it is. Right. Let's go. Let's right. do this. So use the application as a forcing function. Yes. Everybody, it will help you clarify your thinking. Yeah, Jordan, what would you say to Mike's friend who's questioning if their idea is big enough? How do you respond to that sentiment? That is a fascinating sentiment because I feel like so much more often I am trying to help founders with the opposite problem where they have, they think this thing is so big mm. that they are not thinking about what step one is going to look like. They're just like, in 10 years, we're going to be the next Amazon. And I'm like, maybe. (laughs) Let me help you figure out how to get to that giant vision. Um, So I don't come across the, is this big enough to be a business question as often? And I don't know. What would I say? I guess I need the details. It could be a perfect fit. Could be. I mean, in a way, that's what you're answering, right? Right. Some of this work. That is true. So yeah, you guys would certainly, just thinking through the process we've gone through the last two months, it would definitely help them flesh that out. Which is a great segue. Great segue. Kristen, like we're, we're actually coming up to the end of your incubator time. Can so you, sad. Can you believe it? Uh, it's gone by really fast. I mean, eight weeks is not a long time, but it has gone by very, very fast. It felt like a very long time. <laughs> well, in the middle of it, but now that it's over, it feels like a blink. Yeah. Or it's com- that it's coming to a close. I don't know. It's funny. I think we we had some note in our retro today that was like, maybe the very end of the year is not the best time to do an accelerator just because you had like the holidays kind of jumping in here in the end. But so that might have helped make it feel like a rush. I feel like the end of the year always feels like a rush anyway. So I think just life gets a little bit busier this time of year too. But yeah. 
Yeah, my gingerbread man decorating game is like really down this season because we've been so busy. Tragic. Chris, can you remind our viewers and listeners who might not be familiar, what was the idea that you and Mike have been exploring with the incubator? Like, what did you what did you come in with? So uh, with goods, what we're trying to do is make little physical collectibles objects that connect back to the digital content that a user loves. Um, the idea being that today we are awash in these digital files, links, so many things on our desktops, on our phones, on our devices, and it's really hard to tell which part of those are really, really important to us. So that by giving them a presence in the physical world, that denotes that's something that's really important, worth keeping, worth uh, sharing and showing off to your friends and family. And uh, to start this off, mostly because Mike and I are both kind of music nerds, we're starting off with a music focus, but at some point we, we hope into, to move into other realms too. And a lot of the incubator, uh, as you know, repeat listeners will know, is focused on really kind of evolving user interviews all, all the way through and narrowing in on you know a core audience, a core market. Mike, how has that evolution been? I think the last time we chatted was around three weeks ago. What has the latest iteration of user interviews looked like in terms of the people you're talking to and even what you're asking them? It's been a really fascinating process. I mean, just trying to think of where we were exactly last time we talked to you, but I think we probably just launched the e-commerce site that we had been experimenting with putting up. Um, yeah, exactly. And so and we really then started cranking on user interviews kind of once that was live. And so moving away from the conceptual and more into like, okay, share your screen. Here's the link. Like, tell me what you think is going on here. Right? And really sort of getting users who had never, you know, never heard our pitch, never been involved with us to sort of try to wrap their heads around what we are and what we are doing um, just based on that website and trying to sort of make iterative changes based on that. You know, for, for me, because I just have not done user interviews very much in the past, like it's it's very tempting. Like you get sort of one note from one person in one interview and you're like, oh, we need to change this word. That, that word didn't make any sense to them or this thing needs to be blue instead of pink. I think for me, it was like, all right, how do we kind of synthesize this data in a responsible way? And and it emerged naturally, which, I mean, Jordan and all Thought Thought folks said that it would, but you sort of start hearing the same things again and again. And we never really got to a place where like you heard the exact same things from everyone, but there were enough buckets, I feel like, where we're like, okay, like this part really isn't making that much sense to people. Or like we do really need to, you know, structure this differently to convey. So it's it was a bunch of that kind of work over the last three weeks or so is sort of just getting a sense of like, are we conveying our message? It's hard. It's a, I mean, it's a new, like we're not the only people making physical products with NFC chips in them, but it is not the most common like product. Like it is kind of a new category out there. And so really trying to understand just right off the bat, do people get it? And you get wildly different uh, <laughs> answers to whether they get it or they don't, which has been fascinating too. Yeah, yeah like Chris or Jordan, got... anything to... Yeah, you got the best like boot camp and the don't overreact to a single user interview experience in some ways because we it would literally be like interview in the morning, someone says this thing, interview in the afternoon, someone says the exact opposite thing. And you're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, which one of these things are we gonna respond to? If either of them. Yeah, it's really it's it's hard as somebody with like a strong desire to please. It's hard to rein yourself in and want to change things immediately, but it definitely makes sense to do so in the long run. 
But it, yeah, but it, I mean, like I said, I do feel like it kind of came down to buckets. It's like, okay, you're mm-hmm. that. I can like categorize you with all those other people and you with all those other people. And yeah, I hear you on like, yeah, it's tempting to want to please them all. But I think with this one, we're fighting hard to be like, or we sort of have a philosophy that this product is emphatically not for everyone. And that the, it's like, cause at the end of the day, you get a lot of people who are like, wait, you're just putting a link to a streaming playlist on a physical object. Why don't I just text someone the link? And sometimes that breaks down by age group, like 18 year olds being like, what are you talking about, old man? Like, why the hell would I do that? It makes no sense. But it, it sort of skews all over the age ranges. But then there'll be other people who are 18 or 20 years old who are like, wow, I never had cassettes when I was growing up, or I never got to make, you know, mixtapes or CDRs for people. And like, you know, so it's, yeah, it's about finding the people who are the early adopters, as Jordan has said a lot. It's like, we need to find those early adopters and like make them love us. And then other people will come later. I mean, some of the most gratifying moments, I think, are there's been some interviews where people have been so excited that after the interview, they've gone and purchased our products, which is just like yeah. the coolest wow. feeling ever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Are you open to sharing a little bit more about what those buckets or what those segments have looked like? I mean, I think there's there's folks who are outright who just get it almost immediately. And I think those people tend to be hardcore music collectors, hardcore music fans. Jordan, Mike, please feel free to jump in if you disagree with any of this. They just get it right off the bat. Then I think there's, in my experience, there's another bucket of people who are a little more hesitant, but seem, and maybe they wouldn't buy it, but they seem really excited about the idea of getting one as a gift, which is really interesting. They're like, I don't know if I'd buy this, but I'd really like to have one. And then there is another segment, like which Mike just mentioned of folks who just, don't see the value in this whatsoever, which is totally fair. It's yeah, totally. I, I think it's also it's I see it almost as like a matrix. There's like desirability and like technical understanding. There's people who are like, I technically understand what this is and I do not want it in my life. Or like I get what this is and oh my God, I have to have that. Or like I don't really understand what you're talking about, but man, I love physical stuff. Like sure I want, you know, it's like it's it goes yeah. across those those two planes, I think. I will say that it, I think you alluded to this before, Mike, but like, we're going to run a whole analysis of, cause we did a ton of interviews and we haven't actually done that like sort of data driven thing of like, are there trends in the demographics somewhere that we're not getting? Because the pattern has not been clear. Like someone will talk to an 18 year old, you know, at 1 PM who is just like, why on earth would I ever want this? And then I like, you know, we'll talk to a 21 year old who is like, I love this. And it's like, why like this is the answer the thing we're trying to get at now is like what is the difference between those two people it's not a demographic thing that we can see from the outside so what is it instead right um but with consumer stuff like this often you don't necessarily you don't need that in such grave detail when you're starting you just kind of like throw it out there and see who grabs it and then you start to build sort of cohorts around that and that is kind of what these interviews have shown us that there are people who will grab it and that was part of what we were trying to validate, right? right? Are there people who Mike and Chris do know do not know personally who will like get this and be psyched about it immediately? And that is, you know, check, unequivocally true. Like Chris said, there are people that we were, you know, that we had recruited on this user interviews platform who then just turned around and bought the product because they were so psyched about it. One of the guys I interviewed was like, can I invest in your company right now? Like during the interview. And I was like, maybe. <laughs> Wasn't there, there, there was like another person who wanted to work for us yes. immediately, which was really right. interesting and kind of yeah. awesome. They're like, are you hiring? Right. You're just like, okay. So it's validating that there are people all over that spectrum. Like the, where those trends lie though, which is, I think what you were asking, Lindsay, 
not as straightforward and in a fascinating way. So we still have a little more like number crunching to do on that. And we may have an answer for you later. That's exciting. Yeah, that exactly. I'm curious. What is, what are the, the connecting dots between the folks who are really into it uh, and how might that impact how you approach the business? Yeah, it's uh, hard. It's definitely going to be a niche to start. And so we got to figure out kind of got to crack the code on how we find those people. And Mike, I think you were, had also mentioned last time that, you know, you or both of you have a network kind of in the music industry and you've been yeah. floating the idea past some people there. Yeah. Uh, have you been having more of those conversations over the last few weeks too? We have. Yeah. Well, so we, yeah, we, we've had a couple more just kind of straight up pitch calls versus like, Hey, this is this cool thing we're doing and having those people be like, cool, let's do a pilot. And so the, or they're ordering, you know, 500 or a thousand units at a time, which is rad. Whoa. Hopefully the first, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The first two or three of those should happen in January or maybe early February, but yeah, those are, those are done and in production and arriving soon. So that's really exciting with some cool bands. We won't say the names in case it doesn't work out, but it does look like it's going to work out. Um, And so specific bands that are creating the merch. Yeah. Yeah. So we're working with one artist manager on a band that he manages, and then we're working with a a record label and they're going to try with a couple of smaller artists. And so, yeah, it's actually, it's really good for us. One is going to be straight up sales, most likely. It's like selling these things. And the other ones will be given away as kind of promo items on tour for artists, which is also a really interesting use case for us too, that we're excited about. And using them as a way to sort of get email addresses and like fans engaged and stuff. So, and then, yeah, then had another conversation and they want to talk about doing some pilots. Like so far, like that side of things is going great. Um, we're sort of three, three for four in terms of initial calls leading to pilots right off the bat, which is kind of unheard of from my experience. Yeah, I'd say so. No, a lot of very and, good signals. Really good signals. And then, but then we were able to turn some of those into user interview conversations actually as well over the course of the last couple of weeks, which has been really helpful. Like talking to manager and label type people about what they might want out of a software product that is associated with this, right? Because we're not just thinking about making physical products, but sort of coupling that with with an online tool set. And uh, that part we haven't gotten as far along as we did with the direct to consumer e commerce, but um, it's been fascinating. So what has been happening with the online shop? As you noted last time we talked, it was just a baby less than a week old uh, Shopify site getting, you know, some first hits of people going around, maybe putting things in the their basket. I'm sure a lot's happened over the last few weeks. What kind of work, what kind of insights have you seen around the, the site? Um, we've been, I mean, we've been selling stuff at a, a slow but steady pace. It's been great because it's enough to, you know, because our product really straddles the line between physical and digital. There's a lot of physical aspects to this that we need to figure out and kind of the level of orders that we've been getting have been really, it's like the perfect number to think about fulfillment issues, things like what kind of package does this go in? How do we mail this out? Things along those lines, just very basic practical questions that needed to be answered. But yeah, it's been great. We actually, I mean, we we hit our goal for the amount of these that we wanted to get in people's hands before Christmas, which is pretty awesome. And we continue now with the lessons learned. I think our plan is uh, to try and make a push for Valentine's day because these seem like they would be a great Valentine's day present, make a playlist, share it with your loved one, share it with a friend, share it with somebody you don't like at all. Who knows? But yeah, that's, that's kind of our next sales push. We think. 
A hate playlist. Need a hate playlist. Yeah, perfect. Real passive aggressive. Just kind of Blue thing. Monday, like by New Order, like 14, 14 <laughs> times. Yeah, every song is just like a subtweet. Yep. About some, <laughs> something they've done and offensively mm-hmm. wrong to you. Have you updated the site? Like, how do you decide what gets updated on the site? <laughs> uh, Everyone so- laughs. Yeah, it was a little little haphazard, I would say, there for a minute. But we got we got the site up very very quickly, and from my perspective, I've been de- dealing a lot with the physical side of things. Is just getting great product photos out up there, which is like something that Thoughtbot has actually been super helpful with. You know, everybody on the team is starting to submit photos of their goods in the real world and using their goods, which is great. We're going to start. I mean, continue to update the site with stuff with that, but also making sure our text made sense refining copy in response to things that people said during user interviews, um, the checkout process, the process of adding the URL that we point the good to that we did a bunch of experimentation there based on what people were saying during user interviews. So it has been a little haphazard, but we have made a bunch of changes. Jordan, has there been any experiment, like structured experimentation uh, around the site or how you're getting people to the site? Mike actually did a little bit of ad funnel work that we just, I don't think we've like even remotely scratched the surface of. So wish I could say that was conclusive, but I think we found a little bit more. There are plenty of sales that are from people that nobody here knows. So people are finding out about this somehow. (laughs) Uh, But I think it's a little bit like word of mouth sort of chain of events is our sense so far. I wanted to say, though, about the site, we did get what Chris was saying about, like, this experiment was in part about fulfillment and figuring out how fulfillment would work and packaging and not just messaging and not just closing the sale with consumers, but also just, like, how do you fulfill these? But one of the really fun things we've managed to do in the last, since we talked last time, which I can't even believe, I feel like this wasn't even a gleam in our eyes for this project, but we managed to get out, like, stood up and out the door and working in production in the last three weeks is a way for folks to actually assign the URL to their mixtape themselves. Um, Previously, the plan had just been for Chris and Mike to do that, which is fine, but a little bit unscalable, right? That was a huge dream, or like that was high on our wish list, and we didn't think we'd get to it, and it's been pretty amazing that we have, yeah. Yeah, so that was one thing, and that is an update to the site. Um, So then we had to do a little bit of like micro-iterating on like the messaging around that, Like, how do you communicate to people? This is like a little bit of an abstract challenge, right? Like, here's this object. It's going to point to a digital thing. How do you tell the physical object which digital thing it's pointing to? Right. Right? So a lot of our recent interviewing has been to sort of get inside the mind of the consumer about how they're thinking about that and how we can best communicate that, that to them. So that's been a lot of the, like, recent iteration is getting that, that mechanism stood up and then the messaging around it. It's also really cool because it adds to the utility of the object itself in the sense that now our our goods, when a user gets one, they can add a URL to that good themselves, but they can also change that URL. So right. it's it's much more malleable. Which is something that a, one of our early user interviews was like a hot request. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, someday, someday. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, I should actually go back to her and be like, someday is today. <laughs> Well, yeah, it just, as Chris was saying, just makes it so much easier to ship these out without having to manually load them and you could sell them and yeah, retail outlets. Like it just opens up a lot of opportunities for us with them. 
And Mike mentioned that some of the like kind of future looking aspirations for the solution are, you know, how might you figure out the B2B like SaaS aspect of it? Jordan, is that something that's been explored at all at this point or is it early? This, that experiment I just described is actually sort of the link between the two projects. It sort of proves the concept and proves the value in some ways um, and has given us a little bit more visibility into sort of how we're going to execute some of this technical stuff, like how easy, how difficult is it going to be? These little experiments all build your confidence around your ability to do those things and what it's going to look like. And so this experiment absolutely fits into that question. Um, but I would say it was really this week where we we got to have a really fun brainstorming sort of blue sky conversation about that, that I don't think would have been nearly as both creative and blue sky or rooted in reality as it was if we hadn't done these experiments and hadn't talked to so many. We had so much more, we could participate in a conversation like that so much more confidently and creatively because we had a lot more, all of us had a lot more shared context. So we really got to dream big. Like what is a SaaS platform built around these physical objects? And I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to give it away at this moment because we had a lot of like really cool ideas. It's one part talking to the B2B customer, which, you know, you mentioned earlier, getting what their pain points are and what they're looking for, what they need, but then also dreaming big about now we understand the technology a little bit more and how it feels to use it. What does that unlock in our brains? There's the analogy I used in that conversation that I use all the time is like, the users of Twitter invented hashtags, right? Twitter did not invent hashtags. And so, hey, everybody out there, newsflash, mm-hmm. users invented hashtags, not Twitter, or something else, if you didn't realize that Twitter was where those things kind of emerged. But there was just a, a, a user behavior that was happening in the wild, and Twitter was just very good at making that easier for them, looking at that and being like, oh, hey, is this a thing you all want to do? Here, we'll make that even more useful for you. And it was part of Twitter's early success that they were able to do that. And so that was the kind of thinking we were trying to employ here is like, now that we have these objects and we understand a little bit more how it feels to use them and you get these second order effects, what does that then make us think of? What is then possible to us? Like that we wouldn't have been able to dream of previously because we didn't quite get it. So that was really happening this week. So as the incubator time wraps up, what are the kind of final activities or deliverables that one one that goods wants and you know that they're they're gonna get what is the part what are the parting gifts as we send you out into the next phase yeah well i mean i have loads of stuff i mean we're getting all that code that that we that you know guillermo and the guys worked on um to get let people set their own playlist uh settings and we've got that up in a github repository now and um Got a bunch of great design work uh, that's all being handed over, like like Chris was saying, product shots um, that a bunch of the team members were taking, synthesizing all the user interviews, right? Actually, sort of making some kind of final reports on those, so it's kind of more usable, actionable data for us. The whole website, you know, that didn't exist before, right? And that will sort of continue to grow as the entire website for goods moving forward. I don't know. That's a lot. What else was there, Chris? As a result of all that, I mean, one of the things I'm most excited about is now we have a small user base who actually has the physical products that hopefully Mm -hmm. we can get them to answer questions. That's huge for what's coming next. Starting the path towards the SaaS platform too, it's it's really helped narrow our scope and think about, you know, how to make that successful or if it will be successful. Yeah, that sounded like a big, big discussion this week that I know has been on your minds from the beginning. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wait, last time also we, you said you were starting to get emails too. Have you emailed anyone yet or are we still holding on to them? Oh, uh, no, I still haven't sent a newsletter out actually. But we have, we have MailChimp set up. Yeah, no, we've got, we've got a good kind of core of our, yeah, early folks on there. Um, we'll start getting a newsletter out with some sort of regularity and building up the socials very slowly, just focusing on Instagram mostly right now and trying to get back into that game. It's been a long time since I've had to do kind of social marketing stuff. And so it's uh, it's a lot of work as it turns out, but we'll, we'll, we'll get all that cooking. I think this was just such a sprint working with the ThoughtBot folks and trying to get all this stuff done before the end of the year. Now we can sort of take a breath and start engaging folks in the new year. Yeah. So what do you know what you want to do next or what, what the next phase looks like? Are you going to do fundraising? Uh, we're certainly going to continue to have some fundraising conversations. You know, we've had some conversations emerge over the last, you know, since we've been in ThoughtBot. You know, again, not the greatest time of year to try to be raising around, but we're also not like desperately urgently needing to do that right this second. I think, you know, part of it is the fundraising landscape, you know, doesn't look amazing and we're still sort of building out a lot of traction and sort of every week there's some new exciting thing or we've got some new big artist that wants to do something. So I think in some ways to the extent that we can bootstrap for a little while, I think we, we will. Um, yeah. So we'll focus on, uh, I'd like to get back to focusing on sale, like B2B sales. All right. I like, I'd rather, I'd like to hit the ground in January and just start talking to a bunch of music industry folks and thinking ahead a little bit sort of Q1, Q2, like what are the big tentpole events? You know, you got South by Southwest coming up in March. You got, Record store day in April or whenever it is, but you know there, there's like a bunch of those sorts of things that it's like mm-hmm. oh let's not let those things suddenly be tomorrow. Like right now they're all still two or three four months out. Like let's make sure we're queued up for those things and and see what happens. And then you know Jordan has been given really good, good advice on the fundraising side where it's just like just keep getting cool stuff like that and just do like, almost like little drip campaigns with funders who aren't maybe giving you the time of day or think it's too early and just kind of keep going back to them. Like the best excuse to go back to funders is like, Hey, we just closed this new thing. We just launched this new thing. We just got this thing working. Hey, we're launching with this major band. Like enough of those happen. And I think the the fundraising will happen a little more organically. It's a strategy. I think we're really lucky in the fact that, you know, now at this point, we're not talking about vaporware, you know, like these are actual things that actually exist that like anybody yeah. could go onto our site right now and buy like, which is awesome. And because of that, the product's going to continue to evolve and hopefully our sales record will continue to evolve too. Amazing. Well, that, that feels like a a good place to wrap up. Maybe. Are you going to hang around in the, our incubator Slack, the ThoughtBot incubator Slack for all our past founders? Yes. Emphatically. Yes. Okay. So yeah, holding you to it then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about that. We met with the other founders yesterday for the first time, and it was a really great and interesting conversation. It was cool seeing how diverse all these projects are, and yeah. how folks are working on things that we have no idea about, and how we're working on stuff that they have no idea about. And it was, it was a really great. It felt like a good cross pollination. Agreed. That's awesome to hear, Jordan. Any you all out there listening and watching want to join <laughs> this community of founders? <laughs> Don't you want to have office hours with Chris and Mike? All right. Thoughtbot.com slash incubator. You can apply for session one of the 2024 incubator program. And yeah, you too. If you have more recommendations, referrals, definitely send them our way. Chris, Mike, Jordan, thank you so much uh, once again for joining and catching us up on all the exciting development for goods. 
a lot of really cool milestones. So much. I got to say so much good stuff. And like, you know, just wrapping it all up almost diminishes the impact of any single one of those things that we (laughs) just talked about. But they are, it's like pretty amazing. People out there apply to the incubator, but also go buy yourself a goods mixtape. It's cool. It's a good point. Playlist on it. Give it to your BFF. Come on. Getthegoods.com. Getthegoods.com. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Chris and Mike. Did you know ThoughtBot has a referral program? If you introduce us to someone looking for a design or development partner, we will compensate you if they decide to work with us. More info on our website at tbot.io slash referral, or you can email us at referrals at thoughtbot.com with any questions.